Welcome. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Matt Olson. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode number 39 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We are your hosts, Danny Oakstead. What's up? Janky Boggle. What's up? And I am Matt Olson. And we got some news to tell you guys about this week. That we do. Do we? Oh, so much news. A good amount. Some good stuff. Big news? Possibly. Ooh, I like that. Got quickie news. Blogatog news. Banned and restricted news. Mm-hmm. So how this is going to break down is uh, we're just going to talk about a super qualifier for Modern and the event results. Then going to talk about the BNR updates. Jumping into the news, as always. From there, move to the finance section. And then close off with deck of the week. So let's just jump on into this, guys. So we're just going to talk about the modern super qualifier that happened yesterday uh, or Saturday on the 30th. Mention a couple of the 7-0 decks that were brought out. A couple, uh, we'll mention the 7-0 decks that showed 7-0s. First up, is an Anasium deck. So pretty stock uh, ad nauseum list then, AJB. Eh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And I don't know, surprising to me, I didn't I would have imagined they would have tried to find a uh, a companion in here, but they didn't. Is there no companion for an Anasium deck? No. No, there's no room for that. You ad nauseum is you combo or die. Fair. So there are two ad nauseum decks that made it uh, 7-0 in the league. Two Lurus decks. One was a Ra- the Rakdos modern deck, which has some pretty spicy includes of Cling to Dust, Fatal Push, and Co- a Singleton of Culligan's Command for the the black spells instead of the typical like prowess. And then you you know it's the Soulscar Mage, Monastery Swift Spear. A Gruul Obash also made it in here, which is the Arbor Elf Utopia Sprawl Blood Boon style Gruul Stompy deck with Glory Bringers topping off the curve, really. That one's always a fun one to watch. You know what's surprising? What's that? Dredge made a 7 0. Yes. Everyone's Cyborg Graveyard hate is not. It's not showing here right now. No, apparently not. Oh, look at that. Dredge is running Blood Moon in the sideboard. So that's kind of the uh, touching into the super qualifiers there, keeping you up to date with modern deck lists, or top modern decks that are putting up good results. Ad Nauseam, Lurus Rakdos, Lurus Jund, Gruul Elbosh, and... Dredge. Wow, surprisingly all the 7-0s are all pretty much under $900. Look at that. From the event results, let's talk about the biggest thing that happened today in the BNR updates. Oh, yeah. So those who have been complaining about Companion for since it's been revealed have gotten their wishes granted. Now, with a new ruling for Companion, per Ian Duke, from his weekly, or not weekly, just been restricted announcements, uh, once per game, anytime you cast a sorcery during your main phase when the stack is empty, you can pay three generic mana to Put your companion from your sideboard into your hand. This is a special action, not an activated ability. So you don't have to worry about someone countering the fact that you're getting your companion from the command's companion zone to your hand. 
Moving along, so now with the actual bands and suspensions, we have in standard Agent Agent of Treachery and also Fires of Invention are banned. On MTG Arena in historic format, Agent of Treachery and Fires of Invention are both suspended for now. Um can possibly move to it just a full on ban. But they're going to wait, try to figure out what's going to come next in the next set. See if anything has answers for it. Um, and just something that you know that's currently it's pre-banned or not really pre-banned, but it's it's not banned, but it can't be played. Um, so starting as of the first, uh, these all bans and restrictions were, take, were in effect. Um, on the fourth, MTG Arena will go into effect. That was banned in restriction, and the companion rules effect will go into effect. Uh, we'll go into effect on the first again on Magic Arena or Magic Online. Sorry, and June third, it will go on for Magic Online companion rules will go into effect. Um, if you want to read more about that, we'll have the link in description. So, Matt, do you wanna? go into the reasons of why these changes have been going on? Or should we just skip ahead? Yeah, yeah that's a pretty big, pretty big article on that uh, companion rule change. Yeah. Here, here's a bit of the TLDR uh, for that. The metagame data and play rates from all the formats that they can gather data from shows a very heavy repetitive play pattern and wizards does not like that for their formats and they just needed more game results to be able to justifiably you know make make this change and so because of that uh the companion rule got changed uh to hopefully slow down companions and make it a little more constrictive to just put them into a deck because now they can be interacted with in your hand like you need three more mana to cast it Lurus is now essentially a six mana spell if you want to cast it on the same turn yeah or if you do it on turn or if you put it in your hand on turn three and then get ready to cast it on turn four it can be interacted with in your hand with you know a thought seize inquisition take your pick of kind of stuff so, uh, what do you guys think this is going to do to the formats? I don't know. I definitely believe that the companion decks are going to go dwindling down. I feel really bad for the Obosh decks, especially. Uh, Mono Red Obosh. Having to pay three mana to just put a five drop in your hand. Well, they ain't getting to, they ain't getting to eight mana typically. But the Obosh decks. I imagine the Yorion decks are not going to be hit as much because they're going for the late game and having eight mana is not going to be a detriment to them at all. It's going to be slower, but they'll get there. No, I mean, I think it's, I don't think it's going to affect standard as much because standard's a little slower, but I have a feeling in some of the more older formats, it's really going to, you're going to see a major drop in companions. If oh, yeah. it, it pretty much makes them unplayable, yeah, pioneer modern for sure. Because obviously, we just looked at the weekly winners or from the last organized competition. The Super qualifiers. Yeah, it's, most of them were playing, or at least two of the top three were playing Glurus. So let's take a look at that. Uh, the Gruel Olbosh deck, uh, specifically, it does ramp pretty well. You can get. Uh, five mana on turn three with that deck. And so getting up to eight's not too bad. It's going to make it easy. It's, it's it's just putting more of yeah, a very big uh, stopper valve, you know, pressure valve to hold it all back and hopefully dehomogenize the format from every deck running a companion because it says here do 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 you got really choppy there at the beginning of that. That's my bad. Um, 
uh, what was the last thing you heard? I'll do that all over again. Uh, it was right after the like. It was right around the ramping. Was okay. when you got like right around the ramp to eight mana. Is when it really got all. Okay. So with the Gruul Obash deck in particular, they can ramp out pretty good. Uh, get five mana on turn two to three ish with an Arbor Elf and Utopia Sprawl. So I can't imagine they're going to be hurt as much by needing to have that three generic generic to put Obash into your hand, but it's definitely slowing them down that they need that three mana to do it. Oh yeah, I mean, it's going to hit anybody. I mean, there's right now the uh, Boggle Discord is kind of at odds with each other on whether or not they're still going to run Luris. Half of them are saying, oh, this makes it completely unplayable now. And others think that, you know, it might be worth hanging on to just to, just in case you get into a board wipe situation. Yeah. I'm not sure where I land on it yet, but. It's, it's going to take a while for, and really, what really sucks is the fact there's no, no tournaments going on. So it's going to be really hard to see where the meta goes from here. Um, mind you, I haven't played Arena for a while, so I don't know how everyone's running on Arena. Um, especially with, since I don't play Historic, so I really don't know what's in Standard at all. Standard is not fun right now. I've, I've been beating my head against the wall. But I think that's, in a way, this, this makes it, makes it easier for those who are just entering Standard, not have to, Immediately spend that four, five hundred, six hundred dollar price tag on a deck that can actually be competitive. Because yeah, you're you're giving you're giving people that eighth card that they can play whenever with no extra cost. It's I I like this new rule. Oh, I mean, I I I agree. It's definitely. A needed change. Something needed to be addressed with the companions, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of sad about that. Fires of invention. So speaking of fires, though, fires of invention, it got axed because it had a 55% win rate, and Wizards does not like having that. And it even has the favorable uh, matchup against the ten top archetypes in standard right now. And Wizards is all about trying to cultivate a format of uh, diversity and if all the decks are a lot of decks are playing fires and they're just wrecking all the other decks it's not it's definitely not good practice well (laughs) when is wizards going to realize that anything that lets you cast for free is never okay free spells just never work so run with me here on this. I just got a crazy idea. A live you know, janky boggle brew. Let's hear it. No, it's um so you know how we've all been very repressed with our ability to play magic because of this pandemic. What if either A they you know let us do it online for a month or the first month we go back to paper just get rid of the ban list. Just temporarily for a month. For standard? No, for every format. So you're just saying Jinky Brews, all formats, free yeah, for all? For, for a whole month. Oh, a month. Yep, for a whole month. Just get rid of the ban list completely. For every format. Okay, what's this going to do? Just be fun. Like I said, they can either do it while it's you know while we're still not doing paper, do it on for online or something, or for the first month that we're officially back, being able to play in person in paper, just for shits and giggles because of the pandemic. I'd be down for something like that. I do know that there are some uh, tournament organizers that have uh, no ban list, modern or other formats like that, where you can do all the broken stuff like there's someone that recently made a I saw a list of someone doing a no ban list modern cloud post deck 
And I'm like, oh, that's why they got banned. Yeah, that'd be the only thing. It's like people would... Because some people would have the unfair advantage of the no-ban list where they have the old cards for modern, which had no answers or have no answer. Compared to someone who's been playing for, I don't know, seven years who don't quite have the collection. But that 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 would be the only I guess devil advocate for that format style. And allow proxies. Or you can do that. Turn into more of a vintage. Yep. Just let it be a complete free for all. Just for a whole month. I'd be in. Get all the alphas. (laughs) And then and then at the end of the month, like the last week of the month, have a big tournament. I think I think you'd be seeing a lot of a lot of the same broken decks. I think. Well what if we do that? Oh we could totally do it. This week in MCG. Have our own little No ban list tournament. Shenanigan tournament. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. I wouldn't say the no. Pan- the pandemic pandemonium. Ooh. Ooh. Pat- and then we can live stream it. Patent that JB. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> the last thing with the band and restricted is Adrian of Treachery. With that being <laughs> the key component in two different decks, Jeskai fires Luca and the Winota decks just pushing it out and stealing all your lands. You know, land destruction, steal your permanence was very oppressive in and magic and they just nipped it in the bud right then and there so both- I saw a, post, uh, saw a post with this following the band announcement and it made me giggle because it said it, and it was at that point no tears were shed for agent of treachery yeah I don't think anybody cried not no. even not even the no, people that played that card. it the card was oh, yeah. When you can get out a nine drop for free or a seven drop for free with Winota or Wyona, it's it's back to that whole no one likes free cards or no one likes playing against people who can play cards for free. It is pretty rough. And then the fact that you can like do this on turn three because the Winota decks were doing turn one, a Boreal Grazer dropping another land. So they got their four lands on three and they go swinging with the Aporeal Grazer because it doesn't have Defender. It can attack and trigger Winota. Yep. <sighs> yep. Yeah. Even though it's a zero three, but still. So pretty much for those reasons as well is why they're suspended in Historic. A uh, little yeah. thing about those, when it comes to the packs, uh, opening packs and if you have these cards in your collection already, just open a normal pack. You're, they have reduced the outcome for opening a Fires of Invention or Agent of Treachery after the June 4th update. And then if you have Fires of Invention or Agent of Treachery in your collection before the June 4th update, you will be given uh, wild cards to compensate you for that. The only packs where they're not being affected is in the draft packs for Throne of Eldrain and Core 2020 if you draft those. And also for the ICRs, they are going to be completely removed from the standard ICRs. Wow. Yep, yep. That was a long BNR update with a slight bit of deviation, but that's fine. So what's next on the list, Matt? We're moving to Blogatog of the Week. And this week's blog tag of the week, we settled on this one. Okay, so this week's blog tag is brought to you by... I hate when there's dashes in names. It's California. Okay. (laughs) It is. Cal-El-Fornia. Cal-El-Fornia. Is that supposed to be a playoff of Kale? Or it could be the first person's name was Cal. <laughs> and he's from California. Okay, so... Cal from California. Yeah, well, brought to you by Cal-Alfornia. 
He asked, Since I saw someone mention westerns earlier, does that mean we can one day expect magic cards depicting guns? And Rosewater replied, I believe a western set would have magic be the dominant weapon, the thing people have showdowns with. So I think we'd be more likely to see wands than guns. To this. Wouldn't that be sweet? Okay, so next up, into the quickies. First off, FNM at home is historic this week. Yes. Danny, prepare to dink stomp. Oh, I just made a new deck, so I'm ready. Nice. Hydras? Yes. Nice. Only a Hydras. Because Mirari Wake has now in historic format. As you all remember from listening to us last week. Also, there is Command Fest happening this Saturday, hosted by Channel Fireball, with proceeds going to the American Red Cross. Next, with the secret layer drops that are dropping as of this week, which today is the Full Sleeves Tattoo Pack, or as of Monday when we're recording this, Tuesday is Can You Feel with a Heart of Steel, Wednesday, The Path Not Traveled, Thursday, Mountain Go, and 5, ornithological studies for all of those at 9 a.m central time or 9 a.m pt pacific time so it would be there at 11 a.m for us here in the central in the midwest there is a daily secret lair show summer drop where your hosts of Alyssa judge lsv and gabby sparts are just going to be doing Fun little celebrating things of the secret lair drop on Twitch. Fortunately, I didn't get to watch it today because 11 at work, really hard for me to watch. The band Planeswalkers will be releasing their new single sometime in June. According to their Facebook page, they dropped a little video yesterday, May 30th, with uh, the caption, the most intense game of hashtag Magic the Gathering is coming. Planeswalker single out in June. And it's just a little video of them going through the uh, video editing process of a music video for them. And for those interested, here is a little clip. That's not the that's not the song that they're coming out with. That's just how they sound. Uh, so if that was appealing to you guys, go check them out on Facebook. Links in the description down below. All right. So next up, we got Core Twenty Twenty One. Important dates you need to know. That you do. So June Fourth, Digital Marketing Assets Wave One. Facebook web banners and key art card previews begin. Yeah, the beginning of preview season. Good stuff. How much do we want to bet that Teferi is going to be the first thing that we're going to see on Thursday? Teferi is probably going to be the buy box. No, I don't think it will be. If if he's the... I don't know. Unless there's like a special art of Teferi, I don't think it'll be the box topper. Well, a box topper and a buy box promo are two different things. Well, I suppose, yeah. But... Well, even the BIPOX promo, I don't see it being. If if it is a BIPOX promo, it's going to be a weak Teferi. Unless they have two different printings of Teferi in this set. Oh, I bet you they will. So if if it is a BIPOX promo, it's definitely not going to be the OG Mythic Rare one that wrecks everyone. It's going to be like an uncommon. Teferi. Like all the with one ability and maybe a static ability. What are we going to do if it's not a new Teferi 
but they just reprint Teferi, Hero of Dominaria. Oh, no, don't say that. Don't be devil's advocate. Don't do that. Just just tossing that out there. No, like I said, they're going to make a four mana Teferi, and it'll complete the trifecta. And it'll say, if you control the three, four, and five Teferi, you win the match. Not the game, the match. Game one, I win. Yeah, pretty much. Screw it. You don't even get redemption in game two. Yep. If all three Teferis are in your starting hand, you win. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, that'd be that'll be someone running all th- all a playset of all three of those, just yep. just hoping they get all three of them in their opening hand. Or if all three Teferis are in your opening hand, your opponent can't cast spells for the first six turns. <laughs> well, yep, that's Teferi, but still no. We clearly know who hurts you, and Teferi, if you're out there, apologize to JB. He's a little butthurt. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> the next date you need to know is June 5th. This is the first available date for Love Your Local Game Store promotional event. Yeah. Gotta love the free stuff. For those so of you uh, for those of you that need a reminder on that, that's where you can get the Reliquary Tower or the Hangerback Walker promotional arts. That's the Godzilla art, but not for mm-hmm. the Godzilla Battle Fortress cart comic edition. And yeah. then you also have the chance of getting the Lair of the Behemoth art prints. Yep, but that comes when uh, games or events start going back at your LGS. But still, I like the Vivian artwork. Anyway, back to you, JB. So June 16th to the 22nd is marketing kit, promo pack, and buy a box delivery. To the WPN stores? Yes. Not to not to players. I wish. June 19th, we have digital marketing assets wave two planeswalker deck. I don't think I I thought oh wait, never mind. It was only for core sets they were gonna do planeswalker decks. That's right. So there's your uh Janky to fairy. It's gonna be, it's gonna be the four mana one in there. But then, no, they're not gonna print one that low. Planeswalker decks are always like six mana. No, no, no. This one will be four, and the one that's in the set is gonna be two. Shh! Don't you say that. We need more two two drop walkers, man. No, 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 we don't. So then, the last date, most important. June 26th through July 2nd, pre-release. And then, of course, July 3rd is release. Uh, and then to just chuck in there at the end, uh, the Jumpstart release is going to be July 17th through the 19th. So this last quickie is going to lead us into uh, the news here a little bit because it's finance-ish related. So when Wizards announced Double Masters product, they were talking about changing collector boosters to these new VIP editions and the VIP editions is only specifically going to be for the double master product only. And now we got an idea of the contents. Now we have an idea of the contents and the uh, price for the VIP edition. Uh, GameNerds.com recently listed the double masters VIP edition as brace a, yourself. They did this on Friday. So they, According to the product description from GameNerds.com, each box comes with four packs, and it'll cost you a whopping three hundred. Make sure you're sitting down. Three hundred and sixty-nine dollars and ninety-seven cents, with its original For four packs. Uh, with the original price listed at four hundred and seventy-nine dollars and ninety-six cents. At around three hundred and seventy, that's about nine ninety dollars per pack. Ridiculous! Each pack is going to come with twenty-one premium cards, ten full art basic lands, two full art premium lands, and two tokens. Oh man! So, uh, uh, Wizards themselves hasn't revealed details on the premium cards included in the product yet, but they will clearly be coming out in the future and uh just remember the double masters the box itself was 300 dollars, and you got 24 packs this is the vip edition 
for four packs for $370. Ridiculous. So if my math is right, you're getting 35 cards per pack. Yes. Times four, you're getting 140 cards for $400. How many cards? 40, so 35 times four is 140. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can make a deck. <laughs> or you got very uh, hopefully a good commander deck. <laughs> One would hope. I don't know. It's it's gonna get backlash, but we'll talk to that. We'll talk about that in the next little segment. Right. Um, but I don't know. Cool. It, for, for I don't know, it's a master's edition. It's a lot of reprints of hopefully good cards. So stop the presses, everybody. We just got a live update. Well, not really a live update. We were just looking as we were recording and found some more information that Mark Rosewater just dropped his 2021 teaser over on his blog blogatog, and we're going to read it to you right meow. The new core set has a lot of new exciting cards, including... A brand new planeswalker from a plane we've already visited. Next up, we have a card that lets you draw half your library. Hello, stupid Doss's Oracle combos again. There will be a plus one, plus one tribal lord for a creature type that's never had one. A creature type with over 50 cards printed in it already. Hydra. Um, also, next one, we have a character with a vanguard card. And a legendary creature card gets a second of the ladder. Also, a card with 31 different options. A card that gains all activated abilities of a certain subset of cards in a place it's never done it before. Also, we're getting a card that uses a non-evergreen name. Named Ability Over 20 Years Old. A card with the words Battlefield, Cast, Creature, Converted Mana Cost, End of Turn, Exile, Graveyard, and Mana Cost. An aura inspired from a cycle from Urza's Saga block. We also get a non-evergreen enchantment subtype that returns. Core 2021 also has a number of fun reprints, including a popular character first introduced in flavor text. A French vanilla mythic rare. Also a popular aura that started as part of a cycle. <coughs> Rancor. <coughs> <laughs> a card with a unique protection. Two cards played in tournaments that have been reprinted over 20 times with at least five different pieces of art. A card that's never previously appeared in a premiere set. A card that's never been reprinted before, which has a 2, 3, 5, and 6 all appear on the card. A human monk. And lastly... A card from the Time Spiral Time Shift Sheet. The non-evergreen shaman subtype could be a shrine, curse, a cartouche, or a saga. But I'm betting that it will be a shrine. Yeah, since Pop. we've had sagas and cartouches recently. Yep. Could be a cartouche. The finish that statement. The subquote or quote popular character first introduced in flavor text, unquote, sounds like an Ugin, or maybe a Norin the Wary. So yeah, this is just something we just happened to come across. It's like, oh, wait, we should probably have this on here. So we just talked about all this. But back to our main last topic of the high cost of Double Masters VIP package, we bring you a special blogatog. So many blogatogs this week. Is this just the blogatog episode where it's just like Mark Rosewater's 
doing everything for us? I, I think so. But there's a lot of stuff we're talking about. Thank so Mark is the best person for to do everything for us since he knows it all. So over on Mark Rosewater's blog blogatog, a user Draco Slaw's blog asked, Hey Mark, I know that you probably won't answer this, but I really wanted you to pass this information pass this along if possible. Double Masters, while being a cool set, I'm assuming, is priced out of my range. While you don't control pricing, I just want you to know that $300 a box before gouging is going to really spoil a lot of the community's goodwill towards your company. I know that company line is, it's not for everyone. But, Mr. Rosewater, it's a bridge too far for this 15-year invested player. Uh, Mark Rosewater replies, I want to have an honest discussion with you all. While, while making magic the best game it can be is important to us, we are also a business. Part of our job as a business is to recognize all the various audiences and create products to serve them. And that's how we make money, finding player desires and filling them with products. One of our audiences are invested players with a higher price threshold. That is, there are players who are willing to spend a lot of money for highly desired cards. Be it reprints or alternative versions, it's in our interest to make products for those players. Things like Double Masters and Collector Boosters. Note that we take great care to make those products something that group the group is happy to buy. The issue is those desirable cards are also desired by players who that who the product is not aimed for. Desirable cards are desirable cards. So when we make these products, the group gets upset because the price seems so high. It feels like an insult. We made something they'd like, but we priced them out of being able to purchase it. I get the ill will, but I also feel like not making products for the audience is unfair for both the audience and us. So turning to all of you that feel upset, how can we make these products in a way that allows the audience to get what they want without all of you feeling like we're doing harm to you. Well, Mark Rosewater posed the question. With this online, it's it's really bringing up a big discussion about card prices and people being able to buy. But what are your guys' thoughts on this first? This is why I say I'm going to let JB go first before he calls me a whale. Cause, I mean, this, because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm playing I'm gonna be playing more of a Devil advocate for Mark. <coughs> well, <clears throat> it's not even to do with that. <laughs> so, JB, what's what's your point of view, or your your reaction to this comment or this post? I get both sides, but it is frustrating, especially being uh, a person that's more on a lower end budget when it comes to this game. I mean, I already am at a a fair disadvantage period just because I have a lower, you know, monetary threshold to get into the game as far as deck building, stuff like that. And then now it's, you know, that gap just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of not only wallet fatigue, but just plain set fatigue. I mean, there's just so much that's been coming out and so much more that's still to come out every year. Yeah. It's just, they're just saturating everything. I mean, there's like, there's, there's another, there's somebody on here that posted a comment that I wholeheartedly agree with. They said reprint regular cards so that normal people can afford them and print fancy alt art versions for the whales. That's it. Reprint sets should be for the first group of people. I mean that I I get that 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 makes sense to me. Reprints should be available to everybody. Make the fancy special ones, you know, in the higher tiers for the people that want them. Yep, like I, me. I, I get that. I don't I don't care. I mean, if I open up a fancy alt art version of a card, yeah, that's great. But I'm not out there trying to find the special fan, you know special fancy alt art cards. I don't care. The card's the card to me. Yeah. You know, I'll go for the cheapest printing. 
it's yep. still the same card. That's just how I look at it. Yeah, I get that. So, in my response to this, he's he's just talking about the double masters, not the VIP masters, just the normal double masters. So again, you're gonna get 24 packs in the double masters booster box. So really, you're getting 48 packs or 48 rares within those 24 packs. So really, you're you're getting monetary value of two booster boxes in one. Because really, your, your money is going to be in the rares, not really the commons or uncommons. Though some sets have had the money value on commons, but it's mostly all in rares. And also, since the double masters is what they say is all reprints. If it were to be on the low end side, low end of price value, so okay, make it two two hundred dollars for this rather than three hundred dollars. Well, you're gonna saturate all those reprints that have money value. So those who are invested in those those prints are now losing money because there's too many of those in the market. See now that just goes along with now Wizards is uh, but um, going against their previous statements of not acknowledging the secondary market. It's it's a collector's game. That's what this is, isn't it? I mean, I, I I know I understand that aspect of it, but then now they are after how how long of they're saying, oh no, we don't recognize the secondary market, blah 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 blah. Now they're making a product based directly off of the secondary market. No, I don't know. It's like I said, I don't know. I mean, if they're gonna make a set, if they want to cater to the 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 higher end audience, what was so wrong with continuing the mythic editions and stuff like that? What what was so wrong with from the vault mythic editions stuff like that for collectors higher end audiences? They still got that going on with the secret layers. With double Don't even get me started on those things. That is exactly what that is for. It's it's for the collectors to get cards. Like these are not wanted reprints. These are uh spell pierce. It's a common that's been printed and it's like a one dollar common because it's played a lot. The the planeswalkers planeswalkers all not really sought after planeswalkers. Their cars are monetarily are in a reasonable price range to be picking them up. Uh, and then also with the the bird collection, all those cards, they're not needed reprints. They're just these new arts for those collectors in that aspect. But now with Double Masters, these are reprints. When someone buys a box, they are getting 48 rares guaranteed minimum. And these 48 rares are going to definitely affect older versions of cards uh, of the of the printings of them there was an, an excellent article written by saffron olive where he brought up the comparison of ultimate master cards printed or the prices that they were at of the the mythics from ultimate masters what the price was before ultimate masters was printed and what they are now and most of the cards have seen a 50% decrease in price one of the examples was Noble Hierarch. It was $90, and now it's 30 And if you're going to be getting... It's still a lot of money for that, but the fact that it's reduced significantly to at least get in there for possibility of purchasing in the secondary market. When it, when it comes to the Double Masters product, the real winners are those that wait for it to get picked up after the product has been opened, not those that pick up the product. I mean, those that pick up the product, and if they're financially savvy in any manner, they're able to definitely profit off it. But those that are patient and wait that extra couple months for when the prices start to decline as product keep gets, keeps getting open, because there are two rares, there will be a flood of these cards enough to 
affect them. And we don't even know what these reprints are going to be. We know four. Atraxa, Blightsteel, uh, Mana Crypt, and Doubling Season. All of those are going to get... And uh, all those are going to get affected, and they're going to see easily big declines enough to where it makes it more understandable, more reasonable for someone to be able to pick them up. It's just not the product itself. So speaking off of what you just said, Matt, so when Angels of the Vault came out, uh, what, five years ago? Avacyn, Angel of Hope, before it was at $80. The moment Angels of the Vault hit the store, it dropped $60. Mm -hmm. Because there's more of that product getting made. I think one of the things that people do forget is like the vast amount of this product that is getting printed. Uh, These master sets, they come out at least in two waves of product that get shipped out for everybody to purchase. And I'm not 100% sure on the numbers, but that's a lot of product product that gets shipped out into into the world to where these things are going to be getting cracked, open, drafted, but there will be people who are holding on to them as well and waiting for them to move up in price years down the road. But that's, that's moot at this point. It's just the people that are opening the packs. And it falls on to us as magic players to be a little patient in in that aspect. I know, I know this is rough for sure. It definitely feels disenfranchising for players who have been playing for so long to see a product like this to get bought. But we know for sure LGSs will be opening up these packs. They want the singles to sell. Yep. Channel Fireball, Card Kingdom, any TCG market uh, direct market lister is going to be cracking boxes, selling the singles, and that's what's going to get them moving into the market. The thing that irritates me the most with this reprints are meant to make cards cheaper. Okay, that's the whole point of reprinting. If you're worried about lowering the cost of the cards and ruining the people that are invested in these don't reprint why reprint then reprints are made to make things more affordable okay that's the whole point of reprinting and i i understand the whole they're doubling whatever doubling the rares yeah okay so charge a little more for it but not as much and the whole point is people are investing in this shit guess what it's just like the stock market it's no different than the stock market things go up things go down things happen people sell off a bunch people buy a bunch if you want to put your money in into magic and you want to put it somewhere where it's not going to be as volatile invest in the reserve list if we're, if we're going to be talking about that that's a completely different beast of you know trying to but that's what people are 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 getting up in arms or that's what they're basically saying in this is that we're trying to cater to the higher audience and and to the collectors and stuff and then all these people that are getting mad because oh they got all this money and we we don't want to affect their prices well i'm sorry the whole point of reprints reprints are to make cards cheaper that's why you reprint right otherwise don't reprint and the prices are getting affected one of the things I think maybe some people are forgetting, like if they're trying, if, if if Wizards is catering to this higher end collector, like there's there's going to be the people that you know they collect, they don't care about taking a hit as long as they get these new cards. But if we're thinking about those like financially savvy people, like they see this as a as a way to get ready to move all these really high cards before they get announced and profit off of them, and then they'll pick them up cheap. And it'll be a way for them to do that again. There's the... Uh, yeah. With with Wizards... They're not acknowledging the secondary market. They're acknowledging the collector's market. They're saying that, hey, not a lot of people have these cards in their hand. And we want them to have their cards in their hand. What monetary value? They, we just want them to have this card in their hand. 
for an exorbitant amount of money. Right. And that is a little harder to try and suss out of why. Well, first off, before we even go into that, things could be different if there was an MSRP. Since there is no MSRP since back in 2009, it was early 2019 or was it late 2018 when they dropped MSRP? When they cut that out. Early, early 19, I think. Yeah, it was for guilds, right? When they did it or was it before? No, I thought it was right around Spark. Was it? Okay. So yeah, it was, it was 2019 when it was late winter, early spring, somewhere in there where they cut MSRP. Uh, to try and make make it easier for international people to be po- buying these things and let the market itself find the right level for things. and People are up in arms about that. It's... It being $300... It's, it's, it, 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 it's really hard to say because, you know, when Ultimate Edition Fetch Lands got announced it was just going to be a little more than a uh, commander anthology series which was 160 bucks 169 dollars so people were expecting okay 200 and then you see that there are these stores that are charged that were pre-selling them at 300 dollars i don't think it's fair to put a hundred percent of the pricing on wizards I mean, they de- there's definitely blame on their shoulders, again, because they removed MSRP to make these sales more fair to everybody. It's like, hey, this is what it should be costing for this box. And said, now it's like, this could be what it is. And then everybody's just like, well, if th- this is what I bought it at, I want to at least like double my profit kind of a thing. And it's 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 definitely harder to, to to suss out for you know newer these newer products these newer master sets these newer uh, secret layers as compared to before you know we had all these old products like everybody knows a booster box is going to be about 120 after tax if anybody really deviates from that when a new set comes out from a booster box like that they ain't going to be selling it because uh, Joe Blow on block one is selling it for 130 after tax. But yet, uh, good guy store is selling it for 120. It's like people are going to be going there, and Joe Blow is going to have to drop their prices just to try and move their product and get some of their money back. And oh man, honestly, did not see this <laughs> this news topic going down this whole financial thing here. We're going to have to cover these last couple topics in like a quick manner. <laughs> but oof, to me. But speaking, so that that hundred and twenty to hundred and thirty dollar price tag for Booster Box, that was usually for the normal set order for just a new set that's coming out. It was one hundred and twenty, one hundred thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. But the Masters editions of the Master Block, they were usually between one fifteen to two hundred though, because they had the I guess higher power reprint cards or just the stronger cards. And then if you go back even further, you the older the set is that or like an old set, like you're saying Ultimate Masters, they're what, two hundred plus right now for a box? And you're getting thirty six rares? No, all master sets are twenty four. Well, so you're you're spending two hundred and some dollars on a Ultimate Masters that's twenty four rares, but you get a box topper. Yeah, you get a box topper with these two. You get two. So right there's okay. You're you're getting twice the rares, twice the box toppers for an additional half the co- or one and a half the cost of a normal Masters box. Like I, I get it. It's three hundred dollars, but you're getting th- a normal three hundred dollar value for this box. Like, yeah, you're losing out on twenty four lands and what the fourteen other uncommons, commons in a pack, the additional, just so it's not double. But it's still, it's one of those things like. You're getting your money's worth 
I get it. It's a way to make sure people are upset about the whole their collection is going to decrease in value. Yeah, it's going to happen no matter what. Well, not no matter what, but I mean, I don't know. It's just, well, it happens. It's, it's it's a volatile market. Like I said, it's just like the stock market. Things yeah. shift daily. That's know. the risk you take with any sort of collectibles. I mean, that's that's the thing. I honestly don't think three hundred dollars is a bad price for this set. And the fact that we're going to be getting definitely up. out of my reach. Oh well, yeah, I get that. And well, that's the thing is now I'm going to be so three four months behind the curve of everybody else. Now that sets me back. Which I mean, I get that that happens, but. It's there's all, there's also more people out there like me though. That's the thing. There's I, I, a lot of people I, I, in that bottom tier that I always I, get the I, short end. I I get that. I run a fifty dollar mono red modern deck because I don't have the money to invest in it. Yeah, sure. I've I've paid a high price for a card or cards, but that took me a while to get that money. It's just a way to okay. Yeah, you know there's boxes out there. You know you want it. Save your money. Once you get to that, go buy it. Like I, I get that, and like not everyone can just all have. Here, here's three hundred dollars. I just happen to have on me. It does take a little time and patience to get there, but. Oh, then again, I'm also a very spontaneous money uh, spender. So, I guess if I do have that money by chance, I. Wouldn't mind spending it on something like this, but I don't know. It's a touchy situation for all of us. But anyway, what's on the list, Matt? Since we had a long finance discussion of uh, double masters, we're going to leave the finance section for next week, and. Uh, to also keep the episode short, Deck of the Week is actually going to get held on till next week. If you feel sad about that, let us know. And if you really wanted to hear that, we'll take that into duly noted consideration and we'll be fine running longer episodes then. But we'll see. Yeah, send us your emails. Spam Matt. Ban Matt. He, he, I said spam Matt. Spam Matt. Yes. He Spam might be up by next week. Might uh, not. Dude, we don't know. I'm doing good at checking the emails. Once a week. There's nothing there this morning. Oh, that's good. Yeah, from last week. Yes. But if you made it to the end of the episode, like, made it this far, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for putting up with us. You know, join us. Join us on our journey down next week as well as we talk more magic with you all inform you of the ongoings in the magic community in magic news all of that jazz if you have questions comments or concerns send us an email a tweet or a facebook message uh we're pretty good at checking that and i don't know about you guys you got anything else that you need to say Save that money. Because yeah, y'all don't, know. Don't buy Core 2021. <laughs> Nobody needs any more Teferis. Save it all for Double Masters. Exactly. It's just an underpowered core set anyway. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> kind of hoping that Zenikari Surgeon gets reprinted. Nah, that's going to get printed in Zenikari Rising. Yup. That's what I'm saying. Along with <laughs> fetch lands. Fetch lands won't be back in standard ever. Oh, they will. They're gonna they're they want to push the power level. Pushing the power level would reprint fetch lands in standard. I mean he ain't wrong. No, he isn't, but they're not gonna reprint fetch lands. Because they're scared. In standard. It just piss off all those people who just spend four hundred dollars for five cards. It'd be funny. Well, no, okay. So the way they could do it then is they would they could print the allied ones in standard. Could, could. 
Good possibility. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. See you. So make sure to follow us on all of the social medias. We have Facebook, Twitter, and then if you have questions, comments, concerns, send us a Gmail at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. We have podcasts coming up every Tuesday on the Tuesday at what, 5 a.m.? I have this going at 6 a.m. now. Well, fine. 6 a.m. on Tuesday. Listen to it while you're eating breakfast on the way to work. Come on. Or going to bed, depending on your work schedule. No, 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 not when we're going. Not when they're going to bed, because then we yeah, could be the li- we could be the last voice that they hear before they go restfully to sleep, or we put them to sleep because we're boring. Yeah, we don't one want of the that. way. Either way, they'll be dreaming of us. Oh, we're inserting ourselves into your dreams. Make them want to play magic. Learning by osmosis. Exactly. Follow us. Ooh.